0: Welcome to Gone But Not, with me, Luke Aldridge. On this podcast, I'll be speaking to a different person each episode about death, loss, grief and mental health. Whether we like it or not, we will all experience loss at some point in our life. So why is it still such a taboo subject? One of the aims of this pod is to get people talking and normalise grief. Grief comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, from losing a parent or friend, a family pet that you adored, to the breakdown of a relationship, to the loss of your health or career. I'll be chatting to friends old and new about their experiences. This could be people 20 plus years in, or those that are still in their first year. Either way, we're all in the club. I hope that you enjoy these conversations, and they help you normalise death, grief and loss a bit. Maybe it'll even start the conversation with you. hello welcome you lovely lot hope you're doing all right you and yours have had a a nice week and all that kind of stuff so welcome to pod 5a um this is my chat with the lovely sam vale dancer choreographer well-being type person um we chat about all sorts but about the loss of her birth mother and also her um her experiences with cancer Sam is uh is my wife's cousin. Um it was really nice to chat to Sam. Um we don't tend to get much time to kind of hang out and and chat together usually sort of doing family stuff or um or she comes around for a couple with, with me and Becky. So it was really nice to chat to Sam and I'm grateful for her um her good vibes and her honesty and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'll catch you at the end, but here's here's my chat with Sam. Here we go. So I've tried to aim to get people to give me a bit of an introduction to themselves and uh, full conversations in. I've never managed it, so I'm going to get you to to actually do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Which would be quite novel for the other conversations. Fine. So do you want to give us uh, sort of a general... Where you grew up, what you did, all that sort of stuff, and and yep. you'll kind of hit certain points of what to chat about as we go through, really. So, I so guess. if
1: I just give a little quick introduction, introduction of who I am, do you want me to divulge our relationship in terms of yeah, what, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Um, yeah, where maybe where I grew up and what I did, and now yeah. where I am, maybe like yep. as an overview. Um, yeah. Okay. All good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Thank you. I am You're welcome. <laughs> my name is Sam. Um short for Samantha. I am Luke and I share the same birthday actually, but Luke is actually married to my cousin, Becky. Um so that's that's our relationship. I was born and I'm not going to give you the exact date because I am getting to that age. Um <laughs> but I was born in the 80s. Uh am well, um, well
0: past that. I'm yeah. you know 77 uh, not Years of old, of age, but 1977. Seven,
1: yeah, but then you got the good end of the 80s, right? You could actually enjoy some oh, of the. Oh, no, it was all shit. Don't say that.
0: It was. It was terrible. Look back on it. But, like, actually look back on it.
1: No, I, I'm. Saturday
0: not... morning cartoons were brilliant. Everything Excellent. else was wank.
1: Oh, do you know? I think that's our first point of conflict. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on swiftly. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I was born in the early 80s um, and in Chesham, okay, so lo- local Buckinghamshire had, do you know, what? I was going to say I had a fairly traditional um, upbringing, but actually you well know that my, my childhood wasn't, fa- you know, fairly traditional at all, mm. um, but uh, yeah, had a childhood, let's say, and there, <laughs> uh, grew up in a split family, so uh, my, I was raised mainly by my dad and my stepmom, Um and... I, I trained to be a dancer. I always knew I wanted to be a dancer ever since I was small. And that's then what I did. So I, I worked in, in um, mainly in TV and film through dancing, and I moved into kind of uh, the creative side of things, choreographically, movement directing. I uh, had a very fruitful career. I got a lot out of it. Um, you say
0: that like you're kind of you know, <laughs> dead or retired.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so interestingly, so then obviously uh, just before... The pandemic, you know, I'm aware that I've skipped quite a few years there. I've done that. Quite a few. (laughs) I've done that purposefully. Now, I was diagnosed with breast cancer um, at the end of 2018, Hmm. and that was probably the the start of things changing because, um, you know, what my career. What meant to me was changing quite drastically in front of my eyes, and so um, I managed to keep working and keep dancing. But at that point, I'd already reached an age where actually I was I was less in front of the camera, mm. so it was a more of a natural progression, I think.
0: Can I just chuck in here that you've got mm. two kids? Oh, and they're little-ish, are they?
1: Do you know what? I just skipped that bit out. <laughs> do you know why? It's because I've gone into work mode. Yeah. Um. So I do have two children. Uh, yeah, I have two children, Jack and Molly, and who are now nine and seven. And so I was married, got married when I was uh, 28, 20, yeah, 29, divorced, <laughs> swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I'm a a single, oh, I say single parent. That's a funny old term, isn't it now? You know, they have another parent as well, yeah. but I have um, majority care primary time. Care. So yeah, primary care. So yeah, I have two little ones. So they were they were three and five when no, were they? No, hang on. Five and seven. Five and seven. Five and seven when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Mm. So, um three and five when we separated. So they've had quite a lot actually in their little lives when you put it like that. Yeah. Um so I
0: mean s- three is, is a good age for your parents to separate because you're not gonna to remember too much of being together.
1: Do you know yeah, yeah they were a little Oof. bit younger than that so jack was actually jack was four um and molly was just under so there's just right. this shy of two years so they were still young enough to accept that that was was just what it is mm-hmm. actually and i was talking to them the other day we're quite communicative as a family and and jack um jack has some memories right okay um I don't know if some of those are born from photographic mm. images. Yeah, it's true Molly, to tell, isn't it? yeah, but Molly, uh, Molly doesn't seem to. But she was much younger. Um,
0: well, Daisy had only just turned two when me and Mandy okay. split up. So, yeah. So and she doesn't remember. No, you know, much at all. Again, sort of from photos more than that's it. From actual. It's the same as
1: me though. You know, my my parents separated when I was five, um, and I don't. Uh, you know, I have flashing memories. I I think, but I I also think that we create memories around very little amount yeah. of information sometimes that we have, and so it's difficult sometimes to ascertain how truthful that is or how much mm-hmm. you have kind of either idealized or not. Yeah, a
0: memory. You maybe so, create them around a photo, don't you? Yeah, kind of I definitely most think so. Photo.
1: Definitely, and so yeah, so they were very little when that all kind of happened. Oh, so I was diagnosed. That was the end of twenty eighteen. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and you know, I was coming out of treatment. But during lockdown, you know, I was homeschooling, and, and I really uh, realized that apart from the government telling us all to retrain, that actually I, I needed to look at other avenues mm-hmm. to explore as well. So, so I moved out, I moved out of the creative industries for w- what I kind of considered at the time quite temporary. But actually, what it's done is it's meant that uh, it's provided some stability, inner stability as well as mm. kind of the other bits and pieces. But it's also allowed me, <laughs> me. to come back to dance, and so yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm also now running a self-employed consultancy through my dance work, and and I have a full-time job um, yeah. in learning and development, which is it's not actually miles away from what I've always done. It's just using different. I suppose we're not dancing, we're not jumping about a studio learning and development, but I'm still working on growth, development, people reaching their own potential, that kind of thing. And so that brings us to to today, really. So life is probably, like everybody, a a little bit of a juggle. There have been twists and turns along the way, and the juggle has continued, Mm. as you don't just get to put it over to one side and deal with you know, whatever trauma or grief or, or whatever you you've got in front of you it's a little bit of a balancing act and and the last few years probably the last five years have have kind of shown me that more more so I also lost my my biological mum. she died just after my uh my surgery my breast cancer surgery she died five days after that right. from her own cancer struggle um and so th- that's been something um that has kind of been in the The little bag of juggling balls really as well Hmm. so it's actually recently that I picked up some some counselling and I thought you know what now might be a good time because I'm seeing the impact of of the little you know different areas over the last five years come out now and not necessarily in the ways that I thought that they would come out
0: does it feel like it's kind of a bit of everything yeah is there kind of anything in particular that's?
1: no I think for me um and again this is personal to everybody isn't it I think when you're dealt whatever hand you're dealt with you just well for me I, ju- I just manage it as it comes along mm. some of it takes more space some of it is it's quite uh, there's a quite clear start and, and finish as it were
0: yeah
1: and some of the things that I think have finished actually haven't because they start to come out in, in my relationships that's mm-hmm. how I know that I'm not quite through stuff because yeah. other people see my grief other people see my loss okay you know, it, it, when I'm on my own, it's quite easy to, and I've been on my own for, you know, a while. It's quite easy pre- to pretend that that part isn't there so much because no one's else, yeah. no one's there to witness it.
0: No, and I guess it's the easiest self treatment, isn't it, to deny and to compartmentalize yeah. and to, to tuck it away.
1: Yeah, or yeah, I definitely think it's an it's a diversion tactic, isn't it? It's part of our fight, flight, freeze. Yeah not deal with anything situation and so i you know a big one of my you know i'd be fine and it would be and it almost you'd hit a pressure valve and it'd go oh, i need to just need to just stop that would come out usually in the bath and i'd just be con- inconsolable for hours hmm. pruned as you like <laughs> you know all, all you know chunky eyes and then the next morning i'll be like okay onwards yeah onwards and and because no one else sees that, and if you've always been like that, it's quite easy to think that that's just normal. Mm. And it's not until somebody else sees that and goes, oh, you know.
0: Why do you think you um, sort of naturally deal with it like that? On my own? Yeah.
1: Mm. Sorry, that was a tea break. Mm. Um, I think from... And so whatever I say here, I'm in a place where I'm not pointing fingers. As a parent, yeah, this is not a pointy finger situation, and that's that's truthful. I don't, I don't feel that the way I am is a result of anybody else's actions. Yeah. It's just a combination of lots of different factors, and, and, and we all just do the best that we can at any one time. However, <laughs> that said, <laughs> um, I think that when I was younger... Um, there was a lot of gaps in my understanding around current situation, Right. you know. And and so and when you seek to have those gaps filled, you know, to understand more and they're not filled, you then turn to yourself mm. and, and figure out yourself and create a narrative or a story at whatever age you're at. Yeah. So it's going to be with the very little information you have and, and with the understanding maturity you have. Um, but ever since I was small... I've known that, I've, you know, I've I've believed that um, the only one who can get you out of your own, you know, whatever show is yourself. Mm. Um, Can't say shit show. Oh, we can. I was just yeah. checking because I wasn't sure if it's, if we're allowed to swear on air, uh, but we'll now. You've set yeah, the tone. Do it. Uh, do, it, do it. So yeah, and so I think um, it was is learned behaviour. Mm. Also, you know, I'm aware that I've quite a big fear of abandonment, which means that um, it's lent to ever so slight unhealthy behaviours, just shutting everybody out and managing it on my own because yeah. it's safer. You know, those kind of things. I'm fully aware that they are uh, behavioural tactics which don't help me. Hmm. I've got my, my brain is... Switched on enough to understand that it's not actually working for me. Yeah. However, that some of those stop it, yeah it? some of those behaviors so ingrained it's really difficult to rationalize when mm. you're in that emotional state. Of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would always manage everything on my own. I think again, that's a story that I think uh, you know mm. that's what I mean. It's what happens now, and I don't like it's burden as well. You know, this kind right. of underneath feeling that yeah, put that
0: onto someone else. Yeah,
1: and but that's what yeah. some
0: you know that's what people are there for. <laughs> Yeah, but I've, the proper people, the yeah, the people that matter. That's what they're yeah. all about, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is and I, you know, I'm very. I've got my best friend since I was small, you know, um, and I mean, we've known each other for a very long time, and, and I've always found it quite difficult. And she always pulls me up in it. She's always mm. the one that's, that's like, you're not, you're not a burden. You know, you're not, you're not a burden, and it's um, and she she throws it back on me, and she's like, am I a burden to you? And I'm like. <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a bloody nightmare <laughs> but it's it's hard isn't it I think you know
0: yeah I think that unloading is something you have to kind of learn to do and yeah you only need for kind of a friendship to kind of go down the down the pan or a relationship or whatever it is. Yeah, know, and, and that will
1: further reinforce the fact that you feel that yeah. like everyone is gonna leave because your stuff is too much. Yeah, certainly. And that's a big one of mine that I, I have to mm. spend quite a lot of time understanding that it's not actually true. Mm. that's just a story that I'm saying to keep myself safe. Yeah. But as you said, it doesn't it doesn't stop that. Also it's boundaries for me, knowing yeah, being really careful now um about where I start and where somebody else starts and when mm. I finish and stuff right. and, and not wanting to completely vomit emotional vomit on someone and not be a mindful of their own boundaries and mm. cancer did a lot of that for me you know I think with with the burden side of stuff because um you know that's heavy in our peer group especially you know in our age
0: that's good that's pretty understated um yeah that's impressive you like cancer, that? cancer it's heavy
1: it is heavy <laughs> Uh, It's been a long day. That's all you got. I mean, (laughs) mic drop at that point.
0: (laughs) Most of the conversations so far have been, you know, people that have lost. You know, you're talking about cancer having sort of got out the other end of it. Whereas yes it's yeah. generally been you know people who have lost people to cancer
1: it's interesting because i've had to explain to my kids about cancer yeah. you know because they lost their grandma they lost their grandfather to mm. cancer you know and this is all after i was diagnosed yeah and so i really had to make friends with that word you know and that mm. sounds uh, and i'm uh, anyone who's listening i apologize profusely if that's at all triggering because um that's not my intention but for me... I don't
0: think you need to apologise because you're in a very very different situation. Yeah, but
1: it's perspective, isn't it? It's your own perspective because you can talk about something that you've had first-hand experience in, but it doesn't mean that somebody else might not be like, oh, hang on, you know. But for me, I I needed to be all right with that word for my kids Mm. because I don't want my kids to think cancer just means death or loss. Yeah, Cause it does mean that it can mean that, but you know, yeah,
0: to a lot of people.
1: But but last week, Molly and I were sitting at the dinner table, and out of the blue, she said, Um, you know, she's seven, and she's like, Mummy, will I get cancer? And you know, and uh, and, she, and she's like, But that doesn't mean we're going to die of cancer, does it? You know, those kind of she's mm. seven, and I have to be all right with having those conversations, yeah, of course, because um, it, loss is loss, mm. regardless of, of the kind of. The journey, whether it's cancer, whether it's loss of a relationship, it's loss of uh, something, it's loss of identity. I've had a shitload of loss in the last five years mm. to, to varying degrees. But, and this is not me putting my positive pants on because it's not oh, but you're it's
0: all. But you are very good at that. You're a, a massive hippie. Little in a, you know, little
1: bit. A... My new boyfriend, I say new, it's not new. He's lovely if you're listening. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but he calls me El Wafto. Yeah, okay. so, oh yeah, wafty. <laughs> El wafty. Uh, that's, that's good. Yeah, no, it's 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 endearing. even more fitting. Yeah, it's endearing. Then... <laughs> I have a range for him that aren't as complimentary, Right, complementary, uh, let's, I think, let's keep that for yeah. later. Yeah, so, um, but I think that's that's a way that I manage it, and whether it's fake it till you make it, or, mm. or, or whatever it is, it's, you know, that there's only so much I can do with this, and it's not comfortable for me to sit too long mm. in it. it. It's not. It's not healthy for me to do that and and usually somewhere i can access that little box that is untouchable mm. of you know that that box right within you that was with you when you were born right oh, yeah. that can't be touched by anybody <laughs> else regardless of experience it's that tiny bit that's very protected that doesn't ever run out doesn't mm. might be covered under a pile of shit but it's still there and so you know, I take the opportunity when I can to just tap into that a little bit and go, okay. Well, it doesn't mean that my experience is any less relevant. You know, if, mm. if I'm using someone else's perspective and going, well, it could be worse. Could be, of course it could, it could yeah. but it could also be better. You know. Um, so, but gaining a bit of perspective and and trying to move forward equally, though, I say that something that's come out of my my counselling a minute is that is a as healthy as that is in in some respect it sometimes means that you prolong dealing with something
0: right okay
1: you know because you are it's a distraction tactic Mm. and it's a mask
0: yeah of course and
1: it's just how long that mask then goes on before it comes off again Mm. at some point you know you you do what you want to do it's nobody else's business how you choose to deal with whatever's going on for you I suppose but I'm trying to learn to not necessarily have to do something with the shit Mm. sometimes it's it's important to sit in it and and go okay sit in the shit sit in the shit (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: warm for a while isn't it but
1: but it will get uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) um but it it is i think it's about kind of going right this is where i'm at how does it feel it's all right to feel all that. I mm. mean, all the cliches that you hear about it's all right to not be all right. Situation, which is very true. Yeah. But um, it doesn't mean that that's easy.
0: No, uh, but I, at the same time, I think that too many people aren't okay with that. Yeah, I that agree. That they kind of, kind of desperately need to try and right themselves. And, yeah. You know, you can be fucked up for. Yeah. Six well, months or a year or. I was reading 10 um, whatever, something yeah. today.
1: It was a brilliant analogy, and I'm quite visual so this i mean it really resonated with me but it was talking about the fact that we are we're like the sky i mean we are going a little bit wafty but i'll pull it back okay i promise okay make it a bit more cerebral but we are like the sky and and life and our moods and our ups and downs that's the weather
0: Mm, okay Okay, so it's
1: passing and just as a state of euphoria or or you know whatever of a more positive potential you know Mm will come and go just as the rain and the storms and everything but the constant is the sky and you've got to make peace with the sky mm. because if you're constantly fighting every single kind of weather that is thrown at you yeah all you're doing is not not making peace with the sky you're just fighting fire the whole time
0: yeah
1: or trying to ride it you know and and actually it's not about the weather it's not it's about the sky mm. and and I know that is a little bit wafty, but it was also like, oh, <laughs> I get it.
0: Yeah, and I, I get it. I'm sure that'll, you know, that'll ring true and help, you know, come to life for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, because um, it's all, you know, it's ever changing, isn't it? Mm. Nothing's linear. Healing's not linear. Grief's not linear. Mm. You know, none of that stuff is. So I think it's the, the one thing you got to make peace with, or if you can, learn to sit with, is the sky is yourself. Mm. And you know, we we might be people that attract more storms. You know, and that that's okay. Mm. It's not a bad thing. You know, so uh, that's all I got to say about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what you you've done therapy kind of yeah before, haven't you? So you, yeah. you're you're you speak kind of the language of therapy, and I think there's yeah. sort of a. Uh, there's a, a very sort of different, uh, very different conversation I think to be had with people that do therapy and don't, and I think okay. there's kind of a different, I don't know, different understanding. I don't know if that's right or if that's kind of potentially a bit patronising. No, um, I th- it, um, maybe just a different head.
1: Have you have you had any counselling? Yes, therapy? since
0: uh, since the beginning of the year okay. and ongoing. About to have my last one next week for a summer break okay. because she's a mum. Right. And then back in September. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of partly what's sort of started this whole podcast thing. And I said to her today, um, Thursdays is therapy day. yeah, um, And kind of made the observation that a lot of people will go to therapy to... Unpack a lot of stuff, and I don't think that that's. I think I understand my depression.
1: Yeah, I want know. to high five you at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> th- th- go on, then. I do. I want an, to look. An audio. <laughs> <You get> the-
1: <laughs> we high fived for your uh, reference.
0: Yeah, because I, you know, I understand my depression, and I've been dealing with it for like 70, 16, 17 years before I ended up a therapist. So mm-hmm. it's not like I've kind of gone to start working on yeah. that. It's more. I don't know, it's more kind of having the space to air stuff yeah, um, and kind of talk through stuff and it's useful having her potentially kind of come at stuff from a different angle. Mm. And I really enjoy the sessions and I think I get a lot from them, but I don't think there have been many, it's not kind of a weekly revelation, I think yeah. there have been maybe two or three moments of, oh, that's interesting, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, we can... Take that on board. Yeah. The rest has really been facilitating
1: um, your space, facilitate your emotional space, I suppose. Yeah, and just sort of
0: chatting through stuff um, to somebody where there is no. I spoke to Toby about this on the conversation previous to this one. Yeah. uh, That it's, you know, it's about having someone that's sort of invested in your well being rather than emotionally invested in you.
1: There's a bound, there's a professional boundary there. Yeah. Um, and there's, if you get the right one, you know, hopefully there's no bias about mm. any judgment on what they think you should or shouldn't do, which actually yeah. is quite rare. You know, your friends and family generally yeah. will have a certain, because it, they'll have an investment <coughs> of how it impacts them, how you, yeah. and you know, and
0: also they'll always have your back, even if you, you know, yeah, it'll yeah. always be you know, your other half that's a wanker rather than yeah. you've done something stupid. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Which is great and not yeah. very useful at the same time. I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah, I've had um, different experiences with, with therapy and, and usually, you know, for me, there are windows of opportunity for me to to put my hand up and go, I, I could do with some help, yeah. you know, and if I if I don't catch that window, I'm lost for another six months or so in, right. to, in that kind of, it's fine, it's fine, I got it, I got it, I don't need your help, you know.
0: Are you good at recognising it?
1: Yeah, but it doesn't mean that I can right. take. Ac- I'm better at recognizing it now, mainly because maybe not. Do you know what? That might not be wholly true. I am more aware of the potential c- catastrophic impact of me ignoring it now right. for others as well.
0: Mm.
1: And you know, and that was also always a motivator. I wanted to, I wanted to make peace with certain things and be able to speak about things that that for me have been kind of clouded in shame. Mm. Um, and so. T- three times i've i've kind of had this is the third time that i would have had a bout of of counseling that i've stuck at you right. know because the f- the first time uh was about a year after my marriage broke down and i had um a f- i i had what i would describe as a breakdown you know that's mm. quite a vague word and it will mean different things for different people but yeah. for me it meant that i wasn't functioning well i wasn't right. functioning well at all for a prolonged period of time mm and it was that everything was muddy everything was muddy mm. and a lot of stuff was, com- was coming up that I'd never given space for
0: and again and, did, did you catch that
1: yeah well I, I well that was a different situation for me because that wasn't a window that was like a, a massive gaping hole right that I just fell in and I couldn't I literally couldn't see any other way out and so that you was, promised
0: you weren't going to talk about your massive gaping hole
1: Oh, you know, it's (laughs) evening time, and you've given me a cup of tea, so it's green light. (laughs) Um, So, So, but that, I mean, that was, and I I remember going, This is going to be great. When she, I developed a little bit of a crush. Put that lightly okay. on Channing Tatum. I don't know if you if you okay. knew about uh, this.
0: No, I have a little bit of a crush on Channing Tatum. Great. I mean, as a as a dancer, you've got and and as a female, you have a, I mean, a, all was, the excuses.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was there was he was an anchor for me. We'll just right. put it that way. Um, and I remember <laughs> going to one of my therapy sessions, and and I ha- I swear I hadn't given her any Channing vibes. Like it's not like I'd said anything about Magic Mike or anything like that. Right. And she just said, I think you need a good night watching Magic Mike, don't you? And I remember at that point going, This is this is serendipity. We are supposed yeah. to be working together right now. No, she was great, um uh, but she that that process broke me a little to, to you know and what I thought I was going in for mm was was not what came out at all oh right okay which is usually often the way isn't it yeah when when you think you know i thought it was about one thing and actually what came out was something else so that that was that experience i understood a lot more after that um i've always been quite reflective anyway um Mm -hmm. and uh, and in what's the word introspective maybe yeah um,
0: that's a inbuilt creative thing, isn't it? I think so. Self-assessment, and it's whether you kind of then flip it over to kind yeah. of emotionally.
1: Yes, and also the fact that, and again, I might, I don't want to assume yours is the same as mine, but, but I am so hypercritical of myself, hmm. um, and that might be from an artistic point of view as well. Yeah, and that's kind of normal. Yeah, it? it's just but like ve- almost self-sabotagey critical, and right. so. Um, like you, I absolutely understand now. Mm. I, I understand, I know my stuff, you know, as in my own. Yeah. But you know what belongs to me. Um. But it doesn't mean that I am fully in control. Sometimes how that falls out, and sure. sometimes how that impacts things that I'm less aware of, and and how I respond to different situations mm. because of those things. So, so that was the first time she was brilliant. That was through um mind. That was myself um, referred. Um, but that was through mind brilliant that was in Aylesbury. um the next time was coming out of treatment right and it wasn't such a positive experience different it wasn't a negative experience you're yeah, totally different right. person okay so this was through the NHS so um so it was right. someone that was you know allocated to me and great but um it's just I think it's key with counselling and therapy that that you that there's a respect and a value with each other mm. you know because it, it, you've got to trust someone to be able to let the mask down
0: yeah we've said this in in different conversations on, yeah. on this podcast about you know just it can be brilliant therapy and it, but it's totally about the the mixture uh, of the two of you
1: absolutely and and so the second time i had it i was in utter denial about what was going on in terms of just coming out of radiation you know a lot Mm. of treatment i was also in the middle of a very intensive very unhealthy toxic relationship that i wasn't really aware of at the time right and um and we hit pandemic, yeah. so there was a lot of stuff that, and and I had fully put a mask on, mm. and I lit, you know, I could have been dancing around her space, and she would have just still gone. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Right. <laughs> you know, you see, you're very inspiring, and I think you're very strong, and and I don't mean that in an unkind way, but the experience for me because I was able to manipulate that.
0: So. You- you weren't being honest with her. I think
1: I don't. I didn't know I wasn't being honest. Right, I was. Okay. Per, I think I was performing because mm. I think there was part of me that knew that things were really bad, but yeah. I wasn't ready to.
0: Right. Uh, or, or definitely
1: not with her. Yeah. You know that wasn't the person. And. Right. Uh, and you know, so so that wasn't. You know, I think um, she was a lovely person. I had maybe four sessions with her, but actually, it wasn't doing. I wasn't. It wasn't helping. It was actually adding
0: to. Right. Okay. Stuff and then. So um, did you call time?
1: I think what happened was we went into... I think maybe this was around the beginning of last year, so we hadn't quite shut down lockdown. Mm. And I think then we moved into, like, nobody's leaving the house. Yeah. And I decided that actually uh, this wasn't going to work, you know, me being a mum at home with my kids and da-da-da, yeah, and I, I needed to... Yeah, tricky, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I called time on that. Right. And then, yeah, in the last five weeks... Um, you know nothing monumental happened mm. but I have been in a relationship for the last seven months and I am aware it's the first probably healthy relationship I've had and right. um, balanced and it and it's great but what it is doing is making me quite aware of some of my responses to certain triggers okay right um and so I can't I can't work on that by myself I need I need somebody else to kind of Challenge it and mm. and you know put the put the pieces back together as it were yeah you know and um and so that you know I have my Monday Monday therapy Monday right yeah it's um it's I find it massively helpful a little bit like you not necessarily that it's about unpacking stuff
0: mm.
1: but it's about looking at things slightly differently
0: yeah
1: and having the space to do so and you know therapy is not for everyone I don't you know I don't I'm, it's hard, isn't it? Because everyone's got their stuff and everyone will manage things how they want to manage it. And there yeah. is no right or wrong. But I think they're professionals for a reason. You
0: know? Yeah. I mean, I the thing I'm finding about doing this is kind of having approached sort of friends and family and people of a very kind of wide, there's kind of an age limit at which people will kind of happily talk about stuff. Do you think? yeah I mean it's a generational thing okay Um, like my my sister so Gemma the difficult middle one has said that she's (laughs) hi Gemma (laughs) that she's very happy to do one of these yeah will probably be in floods of tears all the way through it but has found listening to the first three sort of really helpful Mm. whereas she kind of went into them in a oh god this is going to be horrendous I don't want to you know I don't think I'll Sure. enjoy these at all whereas mum has kind of no 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 way no chance not in a mm. million years and I an, an old friend from music school he lost his mum to cancer quite uh quite early kind of probably late teens okay. early 20s maybe yeah and his dad lost his second wife to cancer as well mm. and he's very happy to to do one of these, but his and he said, I'll ask my dad because you know he'd be a really good person to talk to. And he said, um, you know, that he wasn't, yeah, comfortable with it. And I think it is, uh, the stiff upper lip, you know, slightly post war. Mm. It's mental kinda... health,
1: isn't it? You know, we, we talk about mental health freely yeah. now, and I, and I know there's still a lot of work to do. But actually, there is a lot of there has been a lot of movement around the mm. openness that we can speak about. Actually, I'm struggling, yeah, and definitely. actually, things uh, for both genders. I think that's been massive, yeah. and and actually, this is still quite new. You yes, know. definitely. As you say, even a generation above us, there's mm. a bit of a ah, uh, you know, unless yeah. you are naturally inclined that way and very open and happy to share and whatever. Mm. I think that there is, yeah, there's there's big reluctance actually of. Cause you yeah. just you know keep calm and carry on you know you just get on with it. There always yeah. worse things happen at sea. Blah blah. blah every single cliche totally. that you can hear.
0: And I think that there's also more of an understanding in in workplaces and stuff like that. And there isn't the same kind of shame. And Jesus, I can't have anyone think that I'm depressed. Yeah, of course. And and anything's wrong or I'll be out the door.
1: So my work now, um, so I work in learning and development. But um, I've always had a massive interest in well-being and mental Mm -hmm. health anyway. And it's kind of been a thread of how I work. So I'm head of well-being and lived experience within the organisation. Which basically means we're, we're a training organisation. offer training into companies and organisations and and I head up well-being strategies for staff for management mm. and I am an advocate for talking people safely sharing their stories yep. that's what I do. you know we offer a lived experience speaker program mm. and I fell into that not really knowing what that was but knowing that I am someone who is okay at sharing parts of her story yeah but I've learned about what to share and what not to share based on my boundaries and how it feels, mm. you know, and, and stepping over the line. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things in, in this situation. We know each other. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I fully trust you. This is us having a chat and a cup of tea and talking about my, you know, gaping heart. It's not because
0: there's. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> There's two mics in the room, and hopefully a couple of people are listening. Yeah, to it at some but there, point. but
1: there's that as well. But it but we have created a safe space. This yeah. is this is a safe space for us to share, which means that I feel safe within the boundaries of what I am sharing. Yes. Whoever is listening, yeah, you know. Th- but it has to start from that little you know little Knock middle it. bit yeah. that makes you feel safe and actually, yeah. So so I went totally off piece there. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: that's why you're here
1: but that is a a skill that i bring to the table
0: the the time that i actually get one of these that runs vaguely to time or (laughs) kind of follows a nice plan i i I started these off with kind of a you know a a list and a kind of a structure and and literally the first one was just like um yeah it was my friend fiona who i'd not spoken to in ages Mm. And the first kind of couple of minutes of her talking about my hair and my beard.
1: Right, brilliant. Um, you know, and how I look
0: like a wizard or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, t- totally went to shit. And we get about 20 minutes in before I finally go, right, I was supposed to do an introduction with you. Right, tell us stuff. Tell us yes. where you... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything, any nuggets, any kind of... How do you, uh, you know, is there anything how do that I you navigate feel like stuff? you do? What do you do to... Make you happy to, so, to kind of take your mind off stuff. To, oh, us, okay. You know.
1: So, well, you know, we're we're both very creative, expressive kind of mm. you know, pe- people. It's in my blood anyway, and and so for me, through my life, you know, and I know, I know we both use humor mm. to sideswipe uncomfortable things at certain points. It's not yeah. that we're afraid of talking about it, it's just that it's more comfortable for the listener sometimes to, yeah. to kind of balance it yeah, out um, but you know, even since I was young there have been traumatic situations that have occurred and, and mm. experiences that, that unfortunately, you know I've had to kind of be part of dance for me has yeah. always been there, right. you know, ever since I was um well, I started when I was seven you know, so and it, it was something that I could put all my energy into you know, yeah, and that for me has never gone it's never right. gone my connection with music and dance and singing and and all of that that's that's sacred to me that's mm. part of what's in my little kind of locked away bit that's yeah. untouchable so yeah i i if i'm too in my head i'm an overthinker i can get quite cognitive about stuff and analytical if i know that the balance is out i need to get myself in the studio if right. if if i'm not in the studio i need to get moving i need to move my body i need to listen to music and i need to right. force myself out of my head and back into my body so mm-hmm. that's something i do in a in a moment of what you know a crisis what would be deemed kind of a, a emotional crisis point yeah. Emo, you know from a mental health point of view which happen- can happen very frequently i i use the word crisis loosely because it's going to mean different things to different people yeah, of but course. yeah so dance music singing that's a big one, and then, you know, I would usually validate it by writing stuff, you know, writing it out. Like you've, in you've got a couple of books. Oh out yeah, have I've,
0: I've
1: got three. I've got three. Come on, then, give us, three. The, give us the plug. Okay, so um, no, and again, actually, I should have probably miss that bit. Well, I did miss it, but I wrote, "There's a seesaw in my tummy." Okay, and this was when my kids were. You know, when, when the seed of this was when their dad had just left, right. and I wanted to talk about the physical feelings that we get in our tummy at that age—you know, yeah. age-appropriate—to explain that it's okay and how that feels and what that might be, and and tips and tricks for rebalancing your seesaw. Mm. You know, so it's very—it uh, was in poet form, you know, but it was in a, a real simplistic poetry basis, and I had a great illustrator, and I self-published that one. And that was that was excellent for me because mm. it was something that I could put loads of energy into and create something, turn lemons into lemonade, mm. and simplify stuff right down. So that that was a really productive thing I did. And then, um,
0: but that must be re- lovely to be able to do that for your because you've done that yeah. for your kids. Oh, yeah, you?
1: yeah. That's the only reason I write books because mm. I was like, this is this is a book that I would like to read. Yeah. So I'll write it.
0: But it has <laughs> so. benefit for. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it did have a...
1: a lot of other, you know, and I ended up doing you know, turning that into a workshop for schools, and so I go into schools and oh, do right, a, okay. uh, yeah. and I use lots of um, you know, props and stuff for mm. talking about how things restrict us in our tummy. If you know, yeah. if we're scared, if we're if we're if we're happy, it's, it's talking about it's the weather and the sky kind mm. of situation. It's the the passing feelings that we have and what that might, mm. you know, feel like in our tummy, and yeah. it's okay basically. Then I was diagnosed and i spent oh yeah so i published that book i think the day of my mastectomies because i was like well we're not dealing with this shit let's publish a book (laughs) yeah so so literally another distraction tactic so i suppose it's when those distraction tactics stop being useful for you and actually they Mm. start adding to the overwhelm yeah, running away from stuff by throwing yourself into different projects, mm-hmm. you know. I wrote another book called Captain of My Ship which is the next level up and it's talking about moral decisions and, and it very very clever. I will get you a copy. Only because I'm really because proud of it. I've not seen that one. No, and a lot of... I didn't push that one and I think it's because it was through cancer, uh, through my diagnosis and and kind of a little, little bit before my next round of treatment, kind right. of the next rediscovery started. So mm-hmm. I was... I'm so proud of that one.
0: Probably. But you've told nobody about it.
1: No. I mean, it's on Amazon. (laughs) You can totally buy it. Um, But it's very clever, right? It's very clever. um, And it's talking about the analogies of we're a captain of our ship, right? When you're younger. Um, the captains of your ship are the people that look after you. You know your parents or caregivers, and as you get older, you get the you know you get your own ship. You mm-hmm. know, and you have to make choices based on the the different obstacles that will come towards you. And so there's a there's lots of sorry, lots of metaphors and brilliant imagery. And it's a it's a really inclusive book. The pictures are really representative of of as many different children from as many different cultures and backgrounds and and abilities and physical differences as possible. So mm. there's not um, I'm, You know, I'm big on, like, anti-tokenism. I think it's I think it's shocking. So I wanted to create yeah. one where, actually, where everyone's a token child. Everyone is is someone different. Everyone looks like anybody. Yeah. So I was really... I, I didn't mean everyone's a token child. I meant that there are no indiv- You know, yes, there's nobody yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. Oh, we'll have that. You know, it wasn't that at all. It wasn't a tick list. It was... Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really proud of that one, I think. But because that was something I was working on a lot through everything else that was going on maybe part of me subconsciously has gone not not really pushed that one or right. not really shouted about it maybe so much i don't know um then obviously i uh, my cancer journey wasn't so straightforward so i had um a big chunk of time where i was kind of well six months where i was told i was all fine and mm. off you go and and what actually happened was unfortunately some cancer had been missed uh, through all the procedures and by the time they found it by the time I found it it spread quite you know quite a lot yeah. through my lymph system so which meant that you know a year after my initial diagnosis I started chemo um I lost my hair mm. among other bodily hair um and so I after all that you know the, uh, I had radiation and and then lockdown and I was like I want to write a book with Jack Jack is not or well, Jack at the time was eight because he really... Both of my kids went through different things when I lost my hair, right? right? They both had different reactions and different... You know, and that's what they shared with me. I don't... You know, whatever's going on internally for them, I, I wouldn't know. But they definitely presented differently. Hmm. Jack was older and more able to articulate. And his, his... I suppose the emotions that he was presenting were very overt. So it's very easy to see that he was angry. He was yeah. really angry. Right. He was embarrassed. Uh, he had guilt. I could see it, you know. And he was scared. Lots of different things that actually we don't talk about, right? Mm. And uh, and I wanted to write a book with him as the first person in narrative, right. you know. So it's called The Lady With No Hair.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, that's published through um, a, a publishing house. And it was a charity. That was, I mean, that's a big achievement of mine, actually. And, you know, I said at the beginning, bits that we skip over, right? Mm. And you forget. You forget yeah. how you know, the the gravitas of some of the stuff and and um I launched a crowdfunder because I was like, I don't have any money. Mm. I'm I'm out we're out we're all out of work and um and I'm retraining and the rest of it and I have to move home and blah blah. I'm gonna launch a crowdfunder because I wanna do this book but I don't wanna pay two grand to self publish everything yeah. or whatever the you know, the cost would be. And so I did it for eight hundred pounds, right? I launched a crowdfunder one night and I was like, if I get eight hundred pounds that's gonna cover me for my illustration costs the manuscript was there um and it's going to cover me to um purchase 100 books which i will give to maggie's cancer Mm. center who who were really helpful for me and um, and i had done some uh, speaking work for them in london a few months earlier and overnight you know that that was at i don't know seven o'clock at night and by like 10 o'clock the next morning it doubled it you know i was at 1800 or whatever and um phenomenal absolutely mm. phenomenal because so what so what that had meant was that I could get the illustrations done and sorted how I wanted them but I could also you know pay for a lot more books mm. to be distributed than among all the cancer chari- uh, cancer san- cancer centers in the UK and um uh, phenomenal absolutely phenomenal but it was yeah so it's it's talking about Jack and the and it's funny there are some funny moments there are some sad moments as well mm. but it's in his You know, it's in his voice. So it's as a child would speak. And so, you know... But it's it's so... it's. I suppose the moral of it was it's okay. It's okay. And, you know, I remember being on a... We went to um, a theme park just when I came out of treatment. So I still didn't have any hair. Just before lockdown. And I had a wig on. And we went upside down. And my wig flew off. And it (laughs) it actually happened, right? (laughs) And uh, he... It's funny. Yeah, it was funny, you know, and but it was funny because you know he says, you know, nobody knew what to do, but Mum started laughing, and so everybody started <laughs> laughing, and that you know, and and so it's um that yeah, that's something I'm really proud of, yeah. as well. But I say but because these are coping mechanisms.
0: Oh uh, yeah, of course. You know, you have uh, to find yeah the good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and but I think you know I'm reading a book at the minute, and it talks about.
0: Did you, know know. you could read?
1: Do you know what I can it's not been long but I really like words. <laughs> so uh but it's talking about you know um what you need to do to get out of right so so if you're if you're triggered right through grief whatever is going on you, you, there's a triggering behavior and you're responding to that in some with mm. some kind of emotional response. Um, to get you out of that emotional state or to ride the storm while it passes because it will pass yeah. um you deploy a distraction tech you know this is almost like science a to b to c to yeah. whatever and um but it's when for me i think the distraction tactics have become so well honed mm. that they exhaust me and add to the shit show
0: right you know okay. because
1: i i put a lot of expectation on myself to to do something amazing yeah and that only then becomes problematic because my Mm. tactics aren't as simple sometimes as I'll just pop out for a run
0: yeah I'm gonna create a
1: community group (laughs) right we're gonna we're gonna brand this and we're gonna reach millions and
0: but I think you'd be doing that stuff anyway
1: yeah well I I think yeah I'd like to think that I would but I think it for the right reasons right yeah it's it's doing it because you're not running away from something else yeah it's um yeah Uh, so it's just about balance and I think that's only as an internal gauge of you know if you're pushing yourself too much, and mm. if you are just doing for the sake of doing because you don't want to feel, yeah, you know, I've, I ran my ran London Marathon after my divorce, not because mm. I wanted to run London Marathon, because I was just fucking running, sorry, running away from whatever I could. I mean that's know. pretty
0: textbook, isn't it? I'm right. going to run the marathon.
1: Right. Well, honestly, it was you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's don't do any halves. <sighs>
0: So there we go. That was Sam Vale, um, and you can catch the second half of our chat next week, same sort of time. Uh, I'm trying to do one of these a week, and so far all good. Um, I'm sure that I will run out of time at some point. Just you know, bear with me. So you know the the drill by now. You know, like, subscribe, share, all that sort of stuff. If you're able to comment and get, leave us a review, that would be fab. Um, it does open up a new audience to us the more um, you know, interaction we have so if you've got a minute that would be fantastic I'll catch you next week, thanks for joining me as always and thanks to Sam Vale, cheers This podcast has been recorded, edited and produced by me, Luke Aldridge, here at the Man Cave. Thanks as always to Joe Auckland for the music and this has been a Papa Bear Chronicles production